Hey there, and welcome to the Just Keep Blogging podcast. I'm Kim Anderson from KimAndersonConsulting.com, and I'm here to give you a regular dose of blogging adrenaline. Okay, so today's episode, I want to talk about three kinds of keywords that pretty much every blogger should be practicing using or get used to using at some point in their journey. And I want to make you aware of these because I don't think that uh, some people start off really understanding keywords and how they contribute to you being found more easily or you finding your people or your people finding you. Um, but they do play a big part in that. And what's interesting is that not all of the platforms that we use are necessarily the same um, in how that works. They are at one core level, but there are differences. And so I wanna talk about those differences today and talk about how they play into how you think about what you're doing and how you're driving traffic to your website or getting eyeballs on your content. So the first thing I wanna talk about is SEO keywords. So Search engine optimization is what SEO stands for. And if you're not really familiar with it, I'm gonna give you a very brief background to this. So um, this is what I like to call like my most basic explanation to make this as easy as possible to understand. Um, pretty much you've got search engine robots that go out across the internet when someone types something in and they're looking for the most um, or the best answer that they can find out on the interwebs uh, for the user so that the user gets the answer that they're looking for. That's their main objective, serve up the best answer. And there's a lot of things that give these robots cues as to whether something is that answer or as to whether this, this website is going to produce the best answer. And so that's why people get involved in search engine optimization for their content and for their websites is because by, by digging into that and understanding how it works and how to use it on your website, it helps you more clearly be able to communicate with search engine robots so that you can be found. And the thing that I like to kind of joke about is that the robots are smart, but they're not that smart, right? Like they're limited by um, like how we're able to communicate with them. So just because you write an article and there are some words that just so happen to correspond to like the main topic that you're writing about, if you don't do it in a really strategic way, then those uh, search engines are just not going to be able to figure out that yours is actually really about that topic. And there are gonna be other websites that will always beat you out. So that's why it's important to kind of understand like how important that is especially for the process of your content creation um, and like how you organize your website and all those things. And they all kind of play together. So when I, I kind of laugh because I, one of my favorite movies with my, that I would watch with my kids is um, Wreck-It Ralph Breaks the Internet. And if you're a blogger and you haven't seen it, you should because it's hilarious. Um, there's so many things that will happen that you'll start laughing about because, you know, you just get it uh, because it's so much about like the internet and how the internet works. Um, but in that particular um, Wreck-It Ralph movie, Vanellope, who's one of the main characters, is going up to basically like a search engine um, named Nosemore. And so she goes to ask a question to Nosemore. And he, it's really funny because Nosemore pretty much like she starts to say her sentence and then Nosemore tries to autofill really quickly, like verbally trying to autofill the back end of her question. You know, so it's like... I need, and then he'll start filling in all these things that she could need, just like a search engine 
um, search bar will do when you start entering terms, it's going to start dropping down suggestions that it thinks what you're looking for. And that's one way that people approach uh, search engine optimization keyword research is they use the um, like Google as a tool, they'll type in what they think is the keyword and then they'll see kind of what Google is going to drop down to suggest. There are like keyword tools that you can pay for out there that can give you more information. Um, from a very basic level, like being able to create content and being able to understand like what keywords you need to use in what way um, to help your content be found in search results is a huge part of overall traffic strategy, right? Because we always talk about, well, you don't want to put your eggs all in one basket, meaning you don't want to put your eggs all in the Pinterest basket. You want to diversify. And I feel like SEO is one of those things because it's a longer game um, for many reasons, uh, like the age of your site and the amount of content that you have and how you're ranking and things like that all kind of play into this. But I think that it's important for any blogger who has at least 25 posts on their website. Once you get to 25, you've given yourself time to explore your content. After about 25 posts, I think you should start really taking an interest in understanding search engine optimization. Um, because I think that is your next best step after your first 25 posts. Uh, when you start getting very kind of clear about what you enjoy writing about, what you're writing about, that's the time to start digging into how do you actually be found using um, search. And one tool that I do have in the uh, Kim Anderson Consulting Toolbox is the Content Blitz Bootcamps. So I have a Content Blitz Bootcamp and I have a Content Optimization Blitz Bootcamp. The Content Creation Bootcamp is made for anybody who wants to get faster at writing, understand SEO, and in a matter of 12 weeks be able to crank out 25 fully optimized SEO pieces of content. And I teach you all about this stuff in there. And there's my Content Optimization Blitz Bootcamp, which is geared towards people who already have like 50 posts um, on their website but want to be able to go back and optimize old stuff that they have never done SEO for. Um, so that goal is to get you to 25 fully optimized, previously published pieces of content. Um, and both of those can serve to help you with future content uh, for being able to, when you do publish new content, have a go-to checklist for like how to create that content. Um, we've got students who have taken the class. I started these classes last March. Um, and all the students that have been through it, so many of them have sent me letters just saying they can't believe what a difference it's made to be able to really have an easy understanding of SEO, one that they can implement without too much issue, that they really understand it now, and that their posts are really going up and ranking. So if SEO is something you want to learn, those are the two things that I um, have to offer that I know would make a big difference in your ability to implement SEO in a very step-by-step -step way. That's my jam. That's how I roll. Like I teach people stuff and I make it much, much easier for them to understand. So even if, so one thing I want to talk about next is even if you're not number one in search results. So when you're doing, you know, when you start getting into the SEO game, even if you're not number one, you should understand that, um, it's okay because as you work on developing, your SEO strategy, there are opportunities where your result, even though your website may not be as authoritative necessarily as like one of the big sites like, you know, MSN or any of those websites like, um, or any of your comp competition websites that are bigger and have been around longer, like you have the opportunity if done well, that Google will grab you from the depths of the pages and pull you up on page one in a featured image and you can get so much traffic from those featured results. 
So it's not like it's a game that you necessarily have to wait on. Um, like I said, I think that anybody who has at least 25 posts can start dipping their toes into SEO and starting to understand it and implement it because in the long run, it will pay off. Like in the very beginning of my journey, like nobody told me about SEO. Like I just started writing blog posts and I read about what I wanted to write about. And I look back now, like when I go back and I look at what I put down as keywords in my content and I literally just sort of shrink out of embarrassment because they were just not even keywords. It was just random stuff that I thought up um, that I really figured was the main the main idea of the post. And none of that was anything people were looking for. And I think that a lot of people rely very, very heavily on things like Yoast, you know, like they'll say, well, I got a green light on Yoast, so I'm really working hard on my SEO. And that's not necessarily true. Uh, and I talk a lot about this in my content blitz and my content optimization blitz that, you know, it is a robot in and of itself, and it's only going to give you back the information that you give it. So it's, you know, if you're using the free version, like you're plugging in keywords and you're telling it what the keyword is, and it's just going to tell you whether you've used it enough times. It's not going to tell you whether you've selected a good keyword or not. Um, so if you're looking for help with that, just go to KimAndersonConsulting.com and then under courses and products tab or menu item, you'll be able to find um, the content blitz bootcamp or the content optimization blitz bootcamp. If you're looking for more help in implementing an SEO strategy, that will be easy to follow. But keywords are important for search engine optimization and they are all about user intent. So I'm going back to this really quick to say before, you know, before I leave this particular concept, one kind of keyword that you need to be aware of is SEO keywords. And those are all about what is somebody searching for? How do you communicate with search bots that your content matches this keyword, that this is what you're providing information on? Um, and, and SEO keywords are gonna be based on what is somebody typing into that search bar? And are this is the search engine gonna be able to serve up something that is relevant to what they're actually searching for? They want those results to get people to the information they want because they want people to keep using their search engine. They get to serve up ads, they get to make money, like it's a whole process. And so SEO is about user intent. That's one kind of keyword. It is about what that user is searching for. They're trying to find an answer to something or they're trying to find information and that's what they're using that, that whole um, search bar at the top of that search engine for. The next kind of keyword are Pinterest keywords. and. Uh, I know last the last episode that I recorded with Kara Fid, we talked a lot about the important things when it comes to images and consistency and stuff like that. But one other really important thing are Pinterest keywords. And that is really how you're able to be found within Pinterest. And it's different. Um, now, you can you will find Pinterest often served up in Google search results. Um, but that may just be that Google doesn't have a good... Uh, a good website result for that actual keyword. Like that's one of the things I've heard is like a key indicator that that keyword doesn't have a whole lot of competition is when you plug it in. If Pinterest is coming up in the first few search results, you know, um, then they haven't necessarily been able to find a piece of content on the web that really matches that. Uh, so Pinterest, you know, gets served up as a result. And I think people get annoyed because it's always like login or, you know, whatever. But when you're using Pinterest independently and you're using, you're being strategic about your content, your, the way that you, the keywords that you select for your piece of content for SEO purposes may be different 
than the keywords that you choose to use on Pinterest. And that's why I talk about there being different kinds of keywords because on Pinterest, remember that this is the do by try place, right? So this is the place where you might find that the keyword might be slightly different or a different variation or people may be looking for something in a different way. And it's perfectly okay for you to use, you know, one title with your post that's SEO friendly, um, use that that keyword you've researched or whatever in your content. But then when you get to Pinterest, changing the title on the pin image, um, it can be different than your actual article title to make it easier for people to find you inside of Pinterest. And you do that keyword research similar to Google in that when you're in Pinterest, you can go to the search function of Pinterest, start typing in the word, and then it's gonna make recommendations. And then you can take that information, weave that into your pin title, weave it into your pin description. However, you're able to edit the pin that you're about to pin to Pinterest um, and be able to weave those strategic keywords or keyword phrases into that content to help that piece of information be found when someone types it into Pinterest. And again, we I reiterated Pinterest is a visual search engine. So pictures are important, but so are keywords um, because it is a visual search engine, search engine being the keyword there. <laughs> and so, you know, people aren't necessarily looking for pictures uh, through that visual search. They're looking for keywords, but those pictures help them decide to click through. So it is perfectly acceptable for you on your pin to have a very different title than you have for your post because one is based on user intent with Google and the other is based on user intent with Pinterest. So don't get to where like, you know, you're like, I just can't get this thing to show up on Pinterest. It's probably because you're not doing the right keyword research on Pinterest to figure out what it is that people are actually like searching for. And how does that work with the content that you have? Um, again, remember Pinterest has that whole do by try. So it might be like how to or um, where to buy or how to do this or tutorials on or recipes or, um, you know, step by step, whatever it may be, like just do that research, look into it, figure out how you want to keyword your content just for Pinterest. And that's okay. The next kind of keyword that I want to talk about today are hashtags, which this is one of those ones that gets a little bit crazy. Um, but it is a new form sort of keywords and it's a new form of keyword based on social media. So I don't know how this will change over the years. Um, you know, I'm very passionate about creating blog content. I'm very passionate about, you know, getting whatever traffic you can get out of Pinterest and then their social media, which to me isn't always like the best source all the time of traffic. Um, but I have seen, you know, if you're going to be creating content, for social media. The use of hashtags can be important, especially on platforms like Instagram. Um, I don't know, no, not so much necessarily on Facebook, but in, in platforms where people will be clicking on hyperlinked hashtags that, you know, or they're following hashtags, you know, those kinds of things can create these surges of interest. And that was really interesting for me. Um, uh, in 2019, I was kind of experimenting with doing some more like cake kind of things or like baking kind of things. And so I started using uh, more hashtags in the realm of like baking and that sort of thing on Instagram. And I would see these big surges and comments and follows and stuff like that when I started using these specific keywords. Um, so I do, I mean, these specific hashtags. So I do feel like hashtags are important. Uh, there are a lot of different tools out there that you can use that will make recommendations um, 
you know, uh, last year I started playing around with Tailwind's um, Instagram tool. And essentially, like when you're going to schedule out your Instagram posts to go through Tailwind, uh, there is a place where you can start typing hashtags. And just like a search engine, it'll start displaying hashtags for you in this little box. And it will tell you the quantity of people that are using that hashtag. So and anytime you're using like um, any kind of tool that gives you any sort of data related to the quantity of people searching for either a like keyword tools will tell you the quantity of people searching for that keyword. Um, hashtag tools will tell you the quantity of people searching for that hashtag or using that hashtag. The higher the number of people like searching or using, the more it's probably going to be difficult for you to be found or rank for that, right? Because if, if you're using social media and there's a million people, like there's a million hash, like people using the hashtag that you just used, well, that means that you're about, your image is about to get lost in the sea of a million other things tagged with that. So you know, there are these kind of sweet spots and these tools if you use for hash, like if you use these for hashtags, they're going to kind of give you a green light, yellow light, red light as far as like the quantity um, and whether you should use it. Like if it's green, it's probably a good one to use. If it's yellow, it's going to be harder for you to get found. So all of these mechanisms are really forms of keywords. They're just kind of created in different ways and they are hyperlinked in different ways. Like with the hashtags being hyperlinked, you know, that can get you found in results of similar things people are looking for or similar interests or whatever it may be. So hashtags are that third kind of keyword. And I'm bringing up keyword tools, I mean hashtag tools, because I think that for a lot of people, if you're very serious about your social media, those tools are gonna come in handy for you. Um, you know, but you can also just kind of go around and figure out what other people are using and what's gonna be the best one and how many results you kind of see and are those results when you click that hashtag, you know, are those results really kind of related to what you're doing? So those are all things to keep in mind when you're thinking about three kinds of keywords. There's SEO keywords, Pinterest keywords, hashtags. But the bottom line is whatever platform that you end up using to try to drive traffic or try to get eyeballs on content, however that content is being created, if it's images on Instagram or if it's, um, you know, Pinterest, if it's search engines, if it's YouTube, if it's a podcast, keywords on all of these platforms are really important in your descriptions of your videos and your titles of your videos and your titles of your podcast and the description of your podcast episode because these keywords help your your great content that you're spending so much time creating uh, really be discovered and if you don't take keywording seriously you're just going to be slapping a bunch of stuff on the internet crossing your fingers and hoping that if you build from Field of Dreams, and that's just not gonna happen. We don't need to be, if we build it, people will come. We need to be, if we keyword it, if we hashtag it, people will come. And that is the message for today. Thank you guys so much for spending time with me. I hope that you have an amazing week, and whatever you do, just keep blogging. <laughs>